Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Public schools have taken $130 billion in all from the government, money intended to keep them open and serving students during the pandemic. But a whole lot of those schools are shutting down once again. Chicago School District accepted $1.8 billion. Milwaukee, $504 million. Atlanta, over $200 million. And Detroit, nearly $800 million. All are now closed to students. The nation's largest teachers union defends the move. Randy Weingarten tweeting, until this surge, virtually all public schools were open for in-person learning. We got it right for most of this current school year. The voice of Satan there. Not the reporter, but Randy Weingarten. So, I don't want to dwell on that. It's uh, sickening. Uh, we got this text. This is really good to where the, the, the money, because we were talking about this uh, one of the earlier hours. Billions and billions and billions of dollars got uh, shoveled out the door very quickly to schools to deal with COVID. And yet, and where did, how did that money get spent? Hardly anybody's paying attention. These people are. Got this text. My local school district which is a very small district in the mountains east of San Diego, received over $7 million in federal COVID funding. We go to all the board meetings. They so far have spent it on new fleet service vehicles, two leased at $60,000 each for five years, upgraded air conditioning units at over $1.5 million on the gym. Mind you, our mountains' average temperature is rarely above 75 degrees. Mm. They bought new air conditioning units, and it never gets above 75. Uh, $350,000 to upgrade the Wi-Fi service. That good COVID federal money there. $300,000 or $80,000 to install one wheelchair ramp for COVID. And they still have the balls to ask parents to donate soap, masks, and disinfectants and weekly flyers sent home with the kids. It, i got to stop you there. $80,000 for a wheelchair ramp? My first oh, sure. house was adjusted for inflation about that. Oh, sure, that doesn't surprise me. It's ridiculous, but it doesn't surprise yeah. me. No, that's yeah. that, that, I guarantee you, that is being replicated practically every school in the United States of America in a country that's already broke, buying all kinds of stuff that was on a wish list but isn't needed and has very little, if nothing, to do with COVID. Right, it just became a slush fund, as we predicted. Uh, a couple of very quick headlines, then we'll move on to different fare. And again, Ian Bremmer with the Eurasia Group's 2022 Top Risks, Top Global Risks list, is going to be with us, uh, segment three of this hour. Zombies uh, zombies have got to be on the list. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Biden called the lack of testing capabilities during the Trump years a travesty. And it's every bit as bad right now. Yep. And, uh, you know, they when the, the Delta seemed to be uh, abating, they got lazy, they stopped producing, they stopped ordering, and now a new inevitable wave has come. And uh, is it uh, travesty now, Mr. President? Huh? Is it? Okay, moving along. True international average of pressure. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all right. Touche. Uh, there was a series of opinion articles posted in the Journal of the American Medical Association by a bunch of people who were on President Biden's uh, vid board, his uh, Chairman Xi's Chinese bat fever board, who've said, hey, stop talking about defeating the virus. It's here to stay. And I quote, as the Omicron variant of SARS-CoV-2 demonstrates, COVID-19 is here to stay. And they say Biden's national strategy must be updated. The new normal does not include eradication or elimination. 
blah, blah, blah. Neither the vaccine nor infection appear to confer lifelong immunity. It's insane to be talking about beating the virus. Current vaccines do not offer sterilizing immunity, et cetera, et cetera. The new normal should be recognizing that the bat fever is what uh, one of several circulating respiratory viruses that include influenza, respiratory uh, synactical virus, and more, blah, blah, blah. Stop talking about defeating it. That's dumb. I read something the other day. Uh, they were talking about how what a mistake it was whoever decided to use the term breakthrough cases for people who had the vaccine and end up getting the COVID because that's not the way vaccines work. And I'll admit fully, I didn't know that. I thought I thought the vaccine meant nobody, you wouldn't get it. I didn't know it means, no, you, you still can get it, just you don't get as bad a dose of it. I didn't know that. But the scientists who make the vaccines and a lot of the officials at the CDC, they did know that. And whoever started using the term breakthrough cases, because it, 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 breakthrough case emphasizes the idea that this is a, this is a weird anomaly. This is, this is extraordinary that people that have had the vaccine are getting this when it's not extraordinary or weird at all. And it didn't break through, didn't break through right. anything. Right. Yeah. So however that got started and it was continued by our own government. You know, they switched from, at one point they switched from, um, and we've played all the tapes, of uh, you got to get vaccinated because once you get the vaccinated, you get to live your life and you're, you know, you're, it's a, you're free and you don't have to worry about it. Well, and they stated categorically, if you're vaccinated, you can't get infected. Right. So then, then they had to shift to, no, just because you're vaccinated, you still need to stay home and whatever. Yeah. Shut up. Uh, let's see. Uh, this, the Supreme Court is hearing arguments today on the legality of two initiatives at the heart of the Biden administration's efforts to address the Chinese bat fever in the workplace. Uh, we're talking about those various OSHA rules uh, for companies of 100 or more. Everybody's got to get the jab or blah, blah, blah. And also the other measure required workers at hospitals and other healthcare facilities uh, that participate in Medicare and Medicaid, which is virtually all of them, to be vaccinated against the coronavirus. Again, the soups are hearing those uh, arguments today close to the public for some reason. Uh, they're going to hear the arguments in person. So should be interesting. And this is like an emergency hearing. So I think we'll be hearing about that pretty quickly. Uh, and then just one more quick note. I thought this is interesting. L.A. is reporting two-thirds of COVID patients in their hospitals were admitted for something else. Two-thirds. They just routinely test you when you come in for... Uh, my wrist hurts, so I'm going to say wrist surgery or a colon procedure or whatever, anything. Oh, uh, yeah, about I've been two-thirds the hospital. of the people with COVID just happen to have it. Yeah, I've been at the hospital recently, me and my son. So, yeah, right. They yeah. they test everybody. Why even my favorite news programs don't point that out when they talk about the record number of cases? I don't know. Yeah, well, because it's not nearly exciting. It's it's poor clickbait. And then finally this, and I said it was in the Northeast. I lied. I lied, and I apologize. It was actually in Missouri. One of the uh, major hospital chains in Springfield, Missouri, said the older Delta variant remains their main threat and that 81% of COVID hospitalizations are for COVID in Missouri. So, again, the waves move through in different places at different times. Sure. But I think that's all I wanted to bring to you. Yeah, that's that's it on the uh, the vid. Hey, can you hear my son talking? That's plenty. I can. Yeah. Hey, Henry, you okay out there? I'll be out there in a second, buddy. Um, that's my son's horrible cough. That is not COVID. 
Took me three days to get a COVID test, the kind that actually counts, because you can't get them anywhere, speaking to what Joe was just talking about. The lack, so of, COVID, the lack of COVID tests out there, which when, when it was happening under Trump was just obviously the, uh, the, the, the poor governance of an idiot who shouldn't be president, but I don't know what it's supposed to be now. Well, and the other one, I might as well throw it in, is more people have died now under Biden during COVID than under Trump. And Biden said that rendered Trump unqualified for office. So right. I presume he'll be quitting any day now. But it's really hard to get the, the kind of test that you need to get to be certain that you have or don't have COVID. And luckily, we don't have it in the family right now. Hey, I got a tease for you. Well, and obviously, in the world of Google, you can figure these things out quickly. It's more fun if you try to do it in your head. There are six state capitals that are west of Los Angeles. Good Lord. Six. <laughs> <laughs> Six state capitals are west of L.A. Can you come up with them all off the top of your head? Uh, without looking at a map? Um, it's extraordinary to hear it the first, at the, to start. It seems like that can't be possible. You come up with the two easiest for, right away. Yeah, I can definitely do four. Okay, hit us with the names. Uh, well, okay. Obviously, the two easiest, obviously, are Hawaii and Alaska. Uh, yeah, Hawaii and Alaska. Uh, I believe the capital of uh, Washington and Oregon are both west. So it gives you four, right? Um, uh, is it Olympia, Washington? What's the, what's the? Oh, I'm sorry. I already said Washington. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> you going to uh, do Washington again? Uh, <laughs> Nevada and Washington <laughs> and Washington. That's nine, right? What are we looking for? Six. How about, uh, what's the capital of Nevada? Reno? Carson City. Carson City, which is also on the list. No? Mm-hmm. Yes? Yeah. No? It is? Yeah. Sacramento, because of the way California is shaped and oh. curved and everything like that, Sacramento is actually west of Los Angeles. Of course it is, yeah. Yeah. That, that, was, that was big fun. You got more of those? <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, only one English word with three consecutive double letters. What? We'll Say have the answer to that one. <laughs> Plus, we'll play the license plate game. <laughs> and Ian Bremer with the World Risks. We do this every January, have for years. It's always interesting. All that coming up this hour. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Spain, Spain will, will consider, consider a pet's, pet's welfare, welfare when, when couples, couples divorce or break, break up in a legal ship, ship that strengthens the case, the case for couples obtaining shared custody of their animals. animals. The decision, the decision obliges, obliges judges to consider, consider pets, pets as, as sentient beings, beings rather, rather than objects owned by one, one or the or other part. part. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I'm surprised that hasn't happened in the United States. States. Dog, Dog custody hearings. I have heard it is... Disputed, disputed and, and ruled, ruled upon. upon. I don't know, I don't know what, what sort of wackadoodle euros are going to apply, but I know, I know that, that, that comes, comes up. up. Um, um, a couple, a couple of, things of things from the Wall Street Journal, Journal op-ed op-ed page, page that caught my attention this morning. morning. One, One, I found, I found this, this interesting. How Marxism won the war of ideas. Yikes. And it comes from an Italian 
philosopher, philosopher who, who I guess, I guess is, is a big, big deal, deal over in Italy, Italy died years ago, and he wrote a book about, about atheism, atheism, but his, his point, point is, is, and I, and I, I just, this just struck, struck me as worth thinking about. Obviously, Marxism is a philosophy away to run a country has failed. And, and I think, I think most, most people, people have recognized that. that. But the, the debate around, around Marcus, Marxism, Marxism, which was, which was all about economics, economics framed, framed everything in the, in the world from Marx, from Marx and, and uh, uh, you know, you Marx, know Marx, Marx success with getting, getting Marxism, Marxism going, going around the globe. That, that battle, battle between, between capitalism, capitalism and Marxism framed, framed everything in terms, in terms of, of economics. economics. What, is, what best is best for mankind, for human beings, for happiness, Marxism or capitalism? And, and pushed, pushed out, out everything, everything else, like, like religion, religion, God, higher, higher things. things, and turned, and turned it, into it into a purely economic, purely economic discussion. discussion. And, and that, that is what has been the failure of Western, Western society uh, as we as had we the direction of, of you, know, you know, people being, being less happy and, and uh, not having, not having kids, kids and just all the different, different sorts of things. things. I found, yeah. I found yeah. it interesting. It made an argument only about economics and pushed out other things. Hmm. Intriguing. intriguing. It is. It is intriguing. And then, and then this, this other one, one which is more, more, uh, more practical. practical. Biden's, Biden's moment, moment of truth in Iran. Iran. A, couple a couple of uh, smarty pants, pants thinkers, thinkers for think tanks, tanks who deal with, with this sort of stuff, stuff writing in the, in the Wall Street, Street Journal, Journal that negotiations are going, going to fail between us and Iran, Iran where they're getting, getting a nuclear, nuclear weapon, and we, and we need, to need to be prepared, prepared for a military, military strike, strike, like a like big-time military strike. Israel doesn't have the capability, only the United States. Can make, can make this, this sort of strike, strike on Iran, says the says Wall Street, Street Journal op-ed page, that is, that is going, going to set back, back or eliminate their nuclear, their nuclear program. program. Otherwise, we, we are months away, away from, from Iran, Iran being in a position where they, where they can blackmail us, us Israel, Israel, the rest, the rest of the world. world. And, uh, and uh, they're, they're already, already the world's, world's leading, leading exporter of terrorism. Do we want, Do we want them, them to have a nuclear, nuclear weapon? Where, Where does the, the nuclear, nuclear threat, threat from Iran, from Iran rank, rank in Ian Rummer's top, top risks, risks for 2022? Stay, Stay with us. us. Yeah, it's yeah, a, a good point. point. I wonder where he will have that on there. But that, 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 that is... God, it's so, so easy, easy to read these things and say, man, that's a pickle, and then move on to something else. But if you're from the United States, it doesn't work that way. i got to believe every day they're having some conversations about how they're going to handle this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would I guess, guess you're, you're, you're right. right. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't know, know if it can, can be handled the same, same way we handle North, North Korea's, Korea's nuclear, nuclear power. power. Hope, Hope they, they don't use, use it. it. You've, always You've always been on, on there's, there's nothing, nothing we can do to stop them. them. We're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, probably. Although I love the stuff we in Israel have been doing. Whether it's blowing people up or sending malware their way or blowing up facilities. What's the risk of just an insane strike? I mean, just absolutely obliterate deep underground every one of their facilities. I'm sorry, what's the risk? Yeah. Well, the reaction of the Middle East? Well, the reaction of Iran and its allies. I mean, things can get really, really, really ugly. Um, um, although, although they're, they're already, already very, very uglier than Iran having a nuclear, having a nuclear weapon. Let's get a question. There's also a question whether it will be successful. 
I mean, because yeah. that's, 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 that's not, not clear. clear. That would, that be, would my be my first question, question as president. president. What's, What's the level, level of confidence, confidence that, we that we can actually pull, pull this off? off? Yeah, I yeah, mean, I mean, every, every guy, guy I, I, from, 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 you know, you know super, super high-tech, tech, large, large, boring, boring machines, machines to, to every, every guy with a pickaxe in Iran is busy digging deep, deep, deep underground facilities to work on this stuff. These guys are in the Wall Street Journal believe we have the capability to eliminate their program or set it back many, many, many years. But, but a lot of you uh, 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 say, say that sort of thing, thing. and, and, right, and right. aren't always, always right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I want hey, to squeeze, squeeze this in real, real quick. quick. We, can we can go big on it, perhaps, I don't know, next week or something. something. Maybe even, Maybe even uh, uh, you know, after, after we, we talked to Ian Bremmer. But, but an, an internal report has, has surfaced from, from the, the transgender, transgender activist folks, folks at, the at the Transgender Law, Law Center. This is one of the leading think tanks, tanks advancing, advancing the whole, the whole transgender, transgender set, set of, of, of uh, uh, you know, issues. issues. And, as, and always, as always, we must, we must point, point out on the Armstrong Getty Show, show we don't, we don't want anybody hated. hated. We, don't we don't want anybody discriminated against. We don't, we don't want anybody, anybody to endorse physical, physical emotional, emotional abuse, abuse to lose their job, whatever. whatever. Never. Never. Everybody, Everybody deserves, deserves their rights. Their rights. But, but the, the Transgender Law Center, Center posted, posted the, their, their messaging, messaging guide, guide posted, posted la- la- online, online last, last month, found, found that no, no matter how, how they, they frame, frame the issue, there is no argument on the transgender athlete issue that's a winner. Mm-hmm. There, is there is not, not a, a single argument, argument they, they can, can mount that isn't, that isn't rejected, rejected by, the by the majority of humans. Of humans. Yeah. Yeah. Who say, yeah, yeah but, but no, because they, they used to be guys, guys and then right. they're bigger and stronger and have bigger lungs, lungs and bigger, and bigger hearts, hearts and, 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 and more muscle, muscle mass. mass. After, after some hormones for a little while, while there, there is not, is not a single argument they could cook up that humanity buys. And yet the... Woke, woke or, or afraid, afraid authorities that the, the you know, you know the NCAA, NCAA the Olympic, the Olympic Committee, whatever, whatever they're, they're still, still going, going with the nonsensical and idiotic, idiotic yes, pen, pen swimmer. swimmer. Go ahead, Go ahead and, and set all, all sorts, sorts of records, records with your manly, manly physique because you, you used, used to, be to be one. What's, What's the greatest, greatest threat, threat to our country or world stability in the year 2022? Ian Bremmer spends his time thinking about that and will have his risks list coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. We've been talking a fair amount today, as we have for a while now, on how unsettled the world is in all kinds of different ways. The economy, the world order, military situations, variety. There's this virus that I've heard about. <sighs> it's always great uh, when we get a chance to talk to Ian Bremmer, who is the president and founder of Eurasia Group, a political risk research and consulting firm whose job is to figure out what's going on, not to please us politically, but to protect its clients, etc. Uh, Ian joins us now. How are you, sir? Hey, how are you, men? Good to talk to you. Happy New Year. Thank you. Same to you. Before we get started, we want you to know that something you said on your last appearance on the Armstrong and Getty Show has become a fan favorite. We play it all the time. Michael, if you'd be so kind. Are you shitting me? Oh, I thought we were going to play the long version of it. The hell do you people not talk to each Would other? Would I rather be in Washington or in Beijing? Are you shitting me? Of course, I'd rather be in the United States, right? I don't. I don't know if you recall saying that, and we we wondered at the time, like, did 
Was that a slip of the tongue? Were you just excited? Did you forget we were on the air? Did you think we're a college radio show? We were just wondering yeah, what was I, going I, on. I did. I thought you. I thought that you allowed. Um, you know, sort of more casual obscenities. We should. <laughs> it's it's my jihad is to permit to to allow bull s to be used on the air. But no, yeah, we have millions and millions of podload downs, uh, podcast downloads. But it starts as a radio show. So anyway, we are not essing you, Ian. We are glad <laughs> to be chatting with you about the 2022 global risk list. It is compelling as always. Uh, now, as as former DJs, we might want to count down to number one. But let's just start. Oh, number no. one, <laughs> what what is number one this year? Number one, number one. Well, we've been living with this pandemic for the last two years, so it's hard to throw it out, especially with the gaudy number of cases that you know was seven hundred fifty thousand yesterday in the U.S. and it's as sure as an undercount. The the name of the number one risk is no zero COVID, and what that means, because you know we're focusing on the whole year, is that actually the biggest problem is China, Um, the the country that did the best job responding to COVID once they admitted to it uh, back in 2020, because they could test and trace, they could lock down, they could quarantine. They're going to have an enormously hard time dealing with the newest variant, Omicron, because as you've seen from a bunch of Biden advisors the last couple of days, we need to pivot to living with the virus. We've got the therapeutics. We've got the vaccines. And it's not about case numbers anymore. It's about hospitalizations and deaths. The Chinese can't do that. And they can't do it, number one, because their vaccines don't work in any way to stop Omicron spread. Number two, because no one in China has actually gotten the virus yet. So they have very low antibody levels and they're focusing on stopping spread. So they, they will shut down a city of 13 million people with a handful of cases. They have the ability to do it. The impact of that this year on the Chinese economy and on the Chinese supply chain to the rest of the world is going to be really, really big. And no one's really focusing on this yet. So uh, that that strikes us as the biggest problem out there for 2022. Okay, so you got to that at, at the end there. That makes sense, because while I'm, I'm not a, a horrible human being that doesn't care about people, I'm not that concerned about how many people in China end up getting covid the fact that it affects the supply chain for the rest of the world, you think that's going to be a, a noticeable problem? Yeah, it's the second largest economy in the world, and it's the factory for the world. And, you know, if you ask Americans what they're most concerned about right now and what's driving Biden's comparatively low popularity, they'll say inflation. Well, where do you think that comes from? I mean, you know, we've had real difficulties getting goods from china we've had real challenges with port facilities and with container ships and the rest well, that that should get fixed a lot faster if we're all able to live with the virus but if the world's second largest economy and biggest producer of stuff that we need is actually locking down like crazy all year and by the way you know they, they won't even license western mrna vaccines like, you know, Pfizer and Moderna, they're waiting for their own Chinese mRNA vaccine, which they're pushing hard, but it's not going to be ready till the end of the year for, for big for big league wow. population rollout. So 2022 is a problem here. It's just really interesting. I'd say it is. Hey, and not and I don't want to get too far off uh, your, your list of risks because we look forward to it every year, but how big a deal is it that we found out this year that she is actually a communist? I mean, he's not just like a Putin-style dictator who wants to be rich and powerful, it would seem he's an actual communist and is like reining back the uh, you know the, the successful businesses and sectors in a weird way. That, that seems like good news for us. Uh, you know, 
the Chinese economy right now is more unequal than even the United States. And for an ostensibly socialist country, um, that's a problem. And so what you have is Xi Jinping acting like an authoritarian populist, saying, no, I, I, don't, I don't care about Jack Ma. I care about the working class and the middle class. And, and, and that means I'm willing to take some hits in terms of my private sector. So I don't know if you saw the Chinese government a few months ago said, if you're a kid, you get two hours a week on video games. You don't you don't use them. They don't roll over to the next week. Right. I know a lot of American parents that would love to put that in place, too. But the fact is that, that that's basically, you know, cut an enormous amount of wealth generation out of those companies. He doesn't care. So and- I do think that that's going to be a hit for a number of really, really profitable Chinese firms. I want to be clear. That's very different than, say, Chinese semiconductor industry which they are putting an enormous amount of money in. They want to be world-class. That's very different from artificial intelligence and smart cities and sensors and autonomous driving, where the Chinese want their companies to be world leaders. So I I think that you may be over-egging the pudding a bit by saying that this is the year we found out she is a communist. Yeah, cut it out, you over-egger. Um, we could we could talk for the next month about China, but let's move on to number two, which I found so interesting. The technopolar world, the report says the physical world is a mess because no countries are willing or able to provide global leadership. Digital space is even more poorly governed. Do tell. Well, we're, we're so everyone is angry at the big tech companies now because there's so much disinformation, um, because there's. So many challenges in terms of cyber attacks and personal security getting hacked and critical infrastructure getting hacked. And so you're hearing people say, well, government has to do something about this. In 2022, companies, tech companies are going to get richer and more powerful faster than governments can catch up to regulate them. And that means more disinformation, more anxious populations, more problems in in governance and elections. You know, when you and I were kids, we would, if you wanted to figure out how screwed up we are, we would say, well, it was either the way you were brought up, it's nurture, or it's your genetics, it's nature. Increasingly, it's actually nature versus nurture versus algorithms. It's, wow. You know, the, it's the virtual world and the way that kids are getting information and connecting with people as intermediated by these algorithms driven by tech companies. And, you know, we're doing that without testing them on on anyone first. You wouldn't do that with a drug. You wouldn't do that with a GMO crop. But we're doing that with literally the the thought processes of the brains of our children. And I I don't see how that isn't becoming a much more significant risk for society. Wow. As a a guy who's raising a a 9-year-old and an 11-year-old boy right now and dealing with a lot of that, that is... Man, that's a heap and helping of stuff to think about right there. That is really interesting. Well, you know that these the executives from these companies don't let their kids on this stuff. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, so perhaps I'm an idiot because I thought, um, and, and about half the audience is saying perhaps, um, <laughs> I, I, I've thought the U.S. midterms is going to be fairly predictable and probably not of great note. You disagree, obviously. That's high on your list at number three. Tell us what you're thinking. Well, look, I mean, this is in part, this is because the 2022 election is so critically important for 2024. Um, And in part, it's because the United States is fundamentally more politically dysfunctional and divided than any of our, you know, major advanced industrial allies. I mean, we've had elections in the last few months in Germany, Japan, 
in Canada, they've all been fine, free and fair. We'll have them the next few months in South Korea, France, no problem. We can no, we can no longer have free, fair, legitimate national elections in the United States. The losing side thinks that they're illegitimate and stolen. And that started in 2016 with the Russia collusion story. Hillary Clinton didn't support it, but a lot of Democrats did. It got much worse in 2020 because Trump himself pushed the big lie and has been doing it very effectively with his supporters for the last year. And now we're setting up for the midterm elections where, I mean, you know, the Republicans led by Trump are very likely to take the House, maybe the Senate and key gubernatorial and state legislatures, which are going to be critical for certifying the election in 2024. So this is kind of the tipping point for what is likely to be a much more problematic and, dare I say, crisis cycle for, as in the run up to 2024. Number five on the list, uh, skipping another China-related topic, is Russia. Russia. Uh, There's a huge divide in the United States between people who are critically interested in that and people who say it's a border dispute in Eastern Europe. What the hell do we care? Why should we care? Well, um, we care in part because the Europeans are our most important allies. The transatlantic relationship matters. Um, And we also care because uh, the Russians engage in asymmetric uh, power efforts to undermine us uh, and weaken our transatlantic relationship. And, and the uh, incursions into Ukraine, the invasion back in 2014 was a part of that. So Russia, look, they're making a lot of money uh, off of higher energy prices. And as the winter is coming, uh, the Europeans need Russian gas and they're facing shortages. So this is high time for the Russians to cause trouble for the West. And that's why they put 100,000 troops on Ukraine's border. We got together with the Europeans and said, if you invade, um, we're going to sanction you so hard, your economy is going to be destroyed. And the question is, are the Russians prepared to call that bluff in full or in part? And if they if they call that bluff in part, is it possible that the Americans are on board and the Europeans are not? And Biden looks really weak and the relationship really blows up. Uh, I would uh, like to congratulate you for getting through uh, this much without any of your uh, trucker language that nearly cost us our FCC license last time. But um, no, I mean, I, who's who's going to think about the children? It's important. <laughs> exactly. Beautiful. Hey, we were just talking about the op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal today by a couple of think tank experts about how Biden's got a tough decision to make, like in the coming weeks, maybe about Iran. Where do you rank that? Oh, we're screwed on Iran. Can I say that? Yes. Yeah, good. Um, I mean, this is the one policy, foreign policy, that Trump actually destroyed. Um, I mean, there are a lot of things Trump did to overturn stuff that Obama did, and then we went back. So Paris Climate Accord, he pulls out, we go back in, nobody cares. Um, You know, he says we're going to leave the World Health Organization in the middle of the pandemic. Biden recommits, nobody cares. He leaves the Iranian nuclear deal, which Rex Tillerson, you know, the the secretary of state for a hot second, actually said that the Iranians were complying with. Everyone supports us staying in the deal. He leaves. Biden wants to get back in. We can't get back in because the Iranians said, nope, we're we're fully we're full speed ahead with our nuclear program. They are now four weeks away from nuclear breakout capability. Four weeks. Gulf ally. Four weeks. Four weeks. Uh, in terms of highly enriched uranium stockpiling, four weeks away from having the capacity to develop a nuclear weapon. Do we strike uh, them in a major military way, uh, the way the Wall Street Journal op-ed piece suggests? 
I mean, certainly the Israelis will up their sabotage game, and the likelihood that this becomes a military confrontation is going up. This this is a crisis that is now directly on Biden's lap because the U.S. unilaterally decided to rip up the deal. We will have a link to the Eurasia Group's 2022 risk report, top risks 2022, if you want to look at the rest of it. Ian, as always, we could talk to you all day, uh, but you have limited time. We thank you so much for the insight. We look forward to the next chance to talk. Happy New Year, gentlemen. Be good. You too. Thanks. Four weeks, his number for when Iran has breakout. Are you pooping me? Are you shitting me? So if there's going to be a military strike, it's coming soon. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Hey, uh, uh, we know a lot of you Trump fans can't stand it. He uh, he calls uh, calls him as he sees him. He thinks Trump made some big mistakes, and he doesn't care who who's mad. Uh, we think he's an interesting guy, so we talk to him. Yeah, I think the Iranian thing would have turned out the same way either way. But uh, it's slight change in timetable, maybe. Honestly, uh, text line four one five two nine five KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray, and Wednesday too. Thursday, I don't care about you. It's Friday. I'm in love. Ah, the first Friday of a new year. Time to get hammered. <laughs> really? No, that's right. It's uh, drink-free to uh, January, or what do they call it? Dry well, some people call it dry January. Yeah. Stop the hammering. Yeah, well, that's what I did. Yeah, thank you for your encouragement. And, and you're doing dry January, and we're, we're a full week in, so you mm-hmm. only got three weeks to go. Yep, yep. I'm trying not to think about it. Here we go. Uh, so we are talking to Ian Bremer uh, about the global risks list from Eurasia Group last segment, a segment that people are comparing to Pearl Harbor and 9-11. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Kamala. I'm just kidding, you idiot. Uh, so uh, so his, his top ten risks, no zero COVID and China, um, as we described in fair uh, detail, the techno polar world where the digital space is ungoverned and crazy and getting crazier. The U.S. midterms, he thinks, are going to be a major turning point because we can't seem to hold an election where we all say, well, they won, we lost. What are you going to do? Let's try harder next time. Um, we're all at each other's throats. Um, <clears throat> risk number four is China at home. Xi's policies increase the risk of stagnation at a time when the Chinese economy is on weak footing. And the ripple effect of that. Five, Russia. We talked about that a fair amount. Six, Iran, which we touched on. The nuclear deal, etc. They are four weeks from breakout nuclear capability. Good wow. Lord. I didn't realize they were that close. No wonder there's an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal about how Biden needs to strike Iran. Yeah. Uh, Number seven was two steps greener, one step back. The energy transition is happening, but it won't be smooth. And and it won't be. People, especially, you know, people in the environmental left, poo-poo, fossil fuels, not realizing, oh, they've fueled and or literally created everything we use all the time. It's going to be disruptive as hell. Number eight is it's the title is empty lands. No one will fill the global power vacuum. Many countries and regions will suffer the consequences. Interesting well, about the withdrawal of American power. Um, 
Yeah, that is that is something. Somebody uh, will finish the that. list, and I'd like to circle back to that one. But. That's uh, that's the thing about uh, we don't want to be the world's police, and then you realize if you're not the world's police, somebody else is going to be the world's police. Right, exactly. Number nine, corporates losing the culture wars. Multinationals with operations in the West and China will face a two-way risk. We've been talking about this a lot. Mm. Are they going to have to choose one or the other? I think so. Well, yeah, call Elon Musk and tell him. And then finally, and this surprised me a little bit, number 10 risk was Turkey. Erdogan's foreign policy positions will remain combative to distract voters from the economic crisis. More unrest in Eurasia, as uh, Turkey famously straddles those two worlds. Um, and uh, a picture of Putin is there in the uh, the illustration of uh, the Turkey-Erdogan situation, too. That stuff that Ian was talking about with uh, your kids are now not just uh, dealing with nurture or nature, you know, the genetics they got from you and how you raise them, but that whole world out there that is algorithms coming from Zuckerberg or Google or whoever that mm-hmm. influences them in various directions, that's frightening, man. And that's straight out of the editorial I shared with you earlier in the week from Abigail Schreier of uh, Irreversible Damage fame. When she was talking to Princeton University, she's talking about, you know, the great philosophical question, do humans actually have free will? She was making the point that, well, to the extent that we ever did, we have a hell of a lot less of it now because we have the smartest, most powerful companies in on Earth now utilizing algorithms to try to influence us all the time. And uh, so and it's become harrowing. And those of us who grew up without all that crap are just barely doing okay resisting it, honestly. Right. The kids got to help them. Right. So you might not get your political leanings or religious leanings or attitudes about work or whatever from your parents. Or your genetics. Or your genetics, but from... Mark effing Zuckerberg. Yeah. Your Quest 2 Oculus that you wear on your head. Yikes. Wow, that's scary crap right there. If you miss an hour of the show, because some of them are really good, uh, you can grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. That's armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.